0: Learn the lesson before you right now. Don't expect too much too soon. Let things evolve. You look with fascination upon a candy pink sunset or dogwood trees foaming like soap suds in the spring or the ancient stars shining a million miles away. God made them. But you are his highest creation, a mortal mind, a human personality. Be prepared. You were meant to be successful. It makes no difference who you are, what color your skin is, what neighborhood you live in, what your past record is, or what other people in your family have done. You can. and succeed. This is a wonderful time to be alive. You're a part of a world full of exciting possibilities. Who knows what lies out there? You have to be ready for anything.
1: And hello there. I think you just listened to the intro to this podcast. That was a song called Evolution by DJ T-Rock and Squashy Nice. And I'm about to get a reading on for y'all. The first podcast is going to be about Leonardo da Vinci and his endless curiosity. The original article was written by a guy named Zat Rana. He's a writer over at Medium and DesignLuck.com, and he was grateful enough to give me the permission to go ahead and get this out there audibly for y'all and give it a listen. It's about 10 minutes long and it covers basically how da Vinci was a genius and how we can learn from observing without predefined distinctions questioning the mundane and the obvious and experimenting like it's always a work in progress just a few core keys to stimulate that curiosity today is a good day for me i'd like to dedicate this first episode to my sister maya and her husband david They just welcomed a 8-pound, 3-ounce human into the world, beautiful baby girl, no name yet, just baby John or baby Talika, depending on who you ask. And I would dedicate this to them and the yet-to-be-named little one. I hope she is a smart cookie and a curious one at that. So with no further ado, enjoy Leonardo da Vinci and his endless curiosity. Stay tuned. In late 2017, Salvador Mundi, one Leonardo da Vinci's paintings, sold for 450.3 million dollars. For a child born out of wedlock in the 15th century, that's quite an accomplishment. And yet, many would argue that this is even close to being his greatest contribution to humanity. When the word Renaissance is spoken, no one comes to mind faster than da Vinci. Not only was he the embodiment of an artist, but he was also a prolific inventor who contributed to everything from architecture and music to anatomy and geometry. If you were to form a surface level impression of this almost mythical person, it would be hard to come to any other conclusion than the fact that he was a genius, plain and simple. And that conclusion would indeed be right. He was a genius unlike anyone we've ever seen. Whether or not the genius was fully born into him at birth, however, is a different story. While it's difficult to draw a definitive conclusion about someone who lived more than 500 years ago, it does appear that Da Vinci's genius came more from experience than good fortune. From a young age, more than any talent beyond what he learned through practice, it's pretty clear that what drove him was his endless curiosity. Everything else can be traced back to it. He imagined, he asked, he learned, and he did very ordinary things in an extraordinary way while his work may be unreplicable, his method isn't. And it shows how we can nurture similar curiosity in our own lives by, number one, observing without predefined distinctions. Number two, questioning the mundane and the obvious. Number three, experimenting like it's always a work in progress. Curiosity is about how you see the details of the world. It's the source of all ingenuity. That first one though, observe without predefined distinctions. If you look through the lens of history and study the lives of many great inventors, builders, and creators, there's a common thread that turns up more often than you would think. While not always the case, it's clear that some of the most important contributions that have been added to the flow of culture have been found at the intersection of science and art. Rather than deep specialization alone, what we see is the magic of creativity and human ingenuity is a product of the mixing and matching of different fields, perspectives, and people. It's obvious, looking at da Vinci's contributions, that he played at similar intersections. One thing, however, that is different about da Vinci is the fact that he didn't really ever think of it as a distinction. There seemed to be little separation between fields in his observation. He simply watched, he noted, and he contextualized things he saw fit. It wasn't like he was intentionally studying science one day and art another. To him, they were one and the same thing. They danced together. And it wasn't possible to understand one without the other. Although we are seeing more and more talk about the benefits of cross-disciplinary learning and thinking, we still create firm boundaries and are ruled by them like they inherently exist. The truth is, there is no such thing as science or art behind the linguistic labels we use to make sense of the different aspects of the world. There is only one reality, and that reality crosses over and mingles with itself in ways that can't be captured by named disciplines. Of course, naming, labeling, and creating boundaries helps us better order and make sense of the world, but at the same time, they also restrict our curiosity to a very narrow angle. If you want to see the world for really what it is, then you have to observe without such bias. Number two, question the mundane and the obvious. There are 7,200 pages still left of da Vinci's famous notebooks. That's an estimate to be about a quarter of the total volume that has ever existed. Even so, they provide incredible insight. They contain records of his time in both Florence and Milan, they dive into his feelings about doubt and insecurity, and they discuss his relationships with friends and collaborators. By far, the most prominent appearance, however, is that of questions. And not just questions about big and important things, but also questions about seemingly small and important ones. He was literally fascinated by anything and everything. In his own words, I roamed the countryside searching for answers to things I did not understand. Why shells existed on the tops of mountains along with the imprints of coral and plants and seaweed usually found in the sea. Why the thunder lasts a longer time than that which causes it. And why immediately on its creation the lightning becomes visible to the eye while thunder requires time to travel how the various circles of water form around the spot which have been struck by a stone, and why a bird sustains itself in the air. These questions and other strange phenomena engage my thought throughout my life. While the importance of asking questions to find answers isn't lost on most of us, to many people, some of these questions may seem uninteresting and irrelevant to their lives. The thing they overlook, however, is that what is uninteresting and even obvious on the surface may just hold an undiscovered treasure when explored in depth. Very few things are interesting on the surface. Often, we have to make them interesting by digging into them. Many of these questions didn't immediately add anything to da Vinci's work of art, but they added to the richness with which he saw the world. And that richness contributed to the way that he painted valleys and rivers, landscapes and mountains, and even bodies and smiles. There's a whole world of things worth your curiosity, but you have to look to find them. Number three, Experiment like it's always a work in progress. The curse of perfectionism isn't uncommon. It instills fear and doubt, and at some point or another, it plagues anyone who makes decisions, whether it be artists or business people. The most apparent downside of such perfectionism is that it stops production and creation. It paralyzes people into never completing what they need to put out into the world to progress. Given the quality of da Vinci's paintings, it's perhaps no surprise that he was also conflicted by the need to produce only the best. In fact, the vast majority of the work he began was left unfinished, and even what he did finish sometimes took years or decades to complete. For da Vinci, however, it went a step further. It wasn't just that he needed to put his work out there or his best work out there, but he also never wanted to stop improving something. What he created was always a work in progress because he knew that he wasn't done mastering new techniques. The Mona Lisa, for example, is thought to have been produced over the course of 10 to 14 years. Even at that point, it appears likely that da Vinci still didn't consider it fully completed. There were tweaks to be made and new methods to employ. When debating the possible dates on the painting, some scholars argue that parts of it could only have been done towards the end of his life due to the style used. Da Vinci was refining his skills until death. The insight here isn't necessarily that you shouldn't ever finalize what you produce or decide. You should, but more that even when something is done, it can still be approved upon. Reality isn't static, and neither are your decisions and productions. They can and should be refined over time, and it's on you to experiment enough to ensure you're better tomorrow. In summary and all, you really need to know. To conflate curiosity with genius may seem irresponsible, but when you think about it, curiosity as a measure of your engagement and connection to your surroundings, it isn't too far off. Leonardo da Vinci saw the world like nobody else, but the reason he did so was due to the choices he made in his interactions with it. He chose to always be aware and attuned. Here are the three important practices we can borrow from da Vinci that partly fueled his endless curiosity. Number one, Observe without predefined distinctions. The universe isn't inherently organized into neat set of disciplines. That's just our way of representing a complex world so that we can make sense of it. There is only one reality, and the best way to understand it is to watch as it mingles across the boundaries of the different disciplines we've defined. Number two, question the mundane and the obvious. We often make surface-level judgments about a thing we find uninteresting without realizing that it's often the depth of that same thing that makes it interesting. At this depth can hide gems of insight that contain immense value. Sometimes you actually have to work to activate your curiosity. Number three, experiment like it's always a work in progress. Nothing you produce or do in the world is static. Things can and should evolve. And sometimes you finalize right now by putting it out into the world won't be completely done until you develop a new skill in the future that refines it. It's on you to earn that skill by doing new things. The way you interact and understand reality informs the parts of it that stand out to you. Curiosity is a subtle but potent weapon that each and every one of us can use to influence it. Being curious isn't a guarantee of any kind of ingenuity, but there is no genius without it. There you go. That was the first podcast for staycurious.org. Hopefully, we'll get one out a week. That's the goal here. But yeah, thank you for listening. Lots to work on. It's a work in progress, like number three says. That's the way we're taking this project as we move forward. So keep in mind when you're listening, I stutter, I'm imperfect, and I can't really speak all too well. Sometimes, maybe. I don't know. We'll get better, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for listening and feel free to contact us at staycurious.org on the Instagrams and the Twitters and the social medias out there. We're slowly dusting the login information off and hopefully get back a little bit on it or just email at info at staycurious.org. We look forward to having a community out there and building this project out. And anyone that wants to ask anything, feel free to contact, call, the number's on the website, check it out. If you got any constructive criticisms, get to the website and let me know how to get this better. And if you just want to bitch and complain, I don't know, go uh, smell a scratch and sniff at the bottom of your neighbor's pool, I guess, because that shit's not needed here. Oops. Anyways, thanks again for listening and stay curious.